feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Welcome everybody to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm Chris. This is Dom. We're back in the saddle. Uh, please go follow our socials, Insta, YouTube, comments. You know, do all the stuff that we actually need you to do because we just keep putting out these great episodes and we're getting right into it. Who are we talking about today? We're back on the gridiron again with one of the NFL's best but also nicest guys, it it's seems true. like. I mean, he, he has a very good heart, this person. Mm-hmm. Like, some might call him the anti Carl Malone. We have called him that. We have literally. called him that seconds ago. <laughs> Who we got, Chris? Uh, we're talking about Warwick Dunn, a uh, running back that was a little undersized, but his heart was 10 sizes. Too- Wait, that's not good. I mean, well, <laughs> he's like Rudy if Rudy was good. That's a good way <laughs> to put it. At, at if he wasn't a dirty ability, liar, that's- Rudy, we know. We know. My dad saw you. We know. All right, so Warwick DeMond Dunn, born January 5th, 1975 in New Orleans, Louisiana, Oldest of five, uh, oldest of six siblings, five other siblings, and was raised by a single mom, Betty Smothers. Yep. And Betty, although it was very difficult to make ends meet, worked two jobs, not only as a police officer, but as a security guard. Yes. Providing private security in the community there in uh, Baton Rouge. And his mom was actually quite the athlete. Did you read that? No, no, I didn't see that. She was a Louisiana State champion in high hurdles and I believe went to Southern University. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so Warwick's got a little uh, athletic background uh, to him. Um he uh, was a fantastic football player growing up, despite not being a very big dude no, throughout his always, life. Yeah, yeah. He's, o- he's almost always undersized, but they were saying his athletic ability just, he played every position. He know? really did, yeah, almost like Tim Brown. Yep. Only his teams won from time to time, unlike poor Tim Brown. But oh. just very fast, very quick, very shifty, and very tough. The toughness is what will come into play throughout his NFL career um, at Catholic High School in Baton Rouge. Like you said, played quarterback, cornerback, and running back. Yep. This is a sophomore. They make the state title game, and he's an All-American honorable mention by USA Today as a senior. Well, I saw that it was the first time that they made the the state game, and you're just like, oh, that's how good he was. He came in as a sophomore, pretty much played offense and defense, and then took this team to that next level. And he's probably the smallest guy on the field yep. every single time he suits up, too. Oh. Yeah. Which is crazy to think. Everything seems to be falling into place for him. Like, the, the world is his oyster. He's on a gravy train with biscuit wheels, Chris. Ooh. And he's set to make his recruiting visit to Florida State. And then in January 1993, everything... Life throws him for lack... I mean, it's a curveball, but it's a very tragic curveball. Yeah. Like, uh, you want to get into this one? Um, So two days after his 18th birthday, uh, his mother was working her second job as a security for something um, and was actually murdered. So it had to have been an unbelievable shock with the way it all, you know, happened. I mean, it was like a grisly murder. Yes. You know, it wasn't like it was just wrong place. It was like... Because they had been, I guess, these people had been targeting convenience stores in the area. Like, this had been an ongoing thing. They were taking cash from, I believe, a Piggly Wiggly to the bank. And, well, that's kind of where it all... Where, 
Yes. Yeah. So they, yeah, they were targeting like cash drops. Yeah. I think is what they said. That's what it was. Um, yeah. So it was definitely premeditated. Just pretty much like the worst thing you can think of, you know? Yeah, and Warwick is left along with his grandmother to raise his siblings. Yeah. His he, younger, he, all of his siblings are younger than him. Yep. So um, has that responsibility put on him and uh, also has to choose a college to go to yeah. as well, which is, you know, you're planning the funeral and everything else. I mean, I'm sure life wasn't very easy, but then it just got a whole hell of a lot harder. And then... Like you were saying, like he, he has to kind of follow through with this because he is getting recruited by some pretty good colleges. So yeah. he and he even said his his mom's like goal was for him to be the first person to graduate from college. So that's was something that he really, really wanted to do. So he ends up picking Florida State. Who don't immediately see him as a running back though, Chris. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was interesting. So red shirt freshman, mm. like they always do. Um but he was so athletic there, and undersized, they were hesitant. Well, yeah, so they bring him in. To, I don't, he didn't even redshirt his true freshman season. Oh, yeah, not as they true. They bring him in. They think he's going to be a defensive back, yeah. and he just uh, convinced Bobby Bowden, like, just give me one chance, and then you can move me. Yep. You can move me if you want to. And they talked to his high school coaches, and they're like, no, you need to let him play running back. Like, just trust us. Yeah. Just trust us. And – he plays right away on college football's best team. He's getting significant reps as a true freshman. And, well, the, that's what I saw. I, I, you're right. I, I don't know why I thought that he redshirted, but um, right away he literally steps in and it was just like, oh, no, 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 I'm a dominant running back. I because, belong here. <laughs> but I feel like this was always throughout his career where you're just like, no, 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 you're great. But, man, if you weren't two inches taller, they just say shit like that. But – he literally goes off for a thousand yards. No, I know that's that's crazy. So like a thousand all-purpose, mind you, he's five eight, one hundred eighty pounds. Yes, and he's on a team that goes eleven and one in the regular season. They're ranked number one for most of the season. We did an episode on the quarterback and his college roommate Charlie Ward. Check that out. And uh, yeah, he what, hit- a, what a ridiculously athletic just dorm room. Oh, my God, right? Well, they said after he won the Heisman Trophy, Warwick put a sign outside the door that just said, Charlie's not here, because everyone kept coming up to the door looking for him. It's like, I need to study. (laughs) So he averages seven and a half a carry with four touchdowns, has 357 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. He's a freshman. Yep. An 18-year-old freshman. And he's lighting it up. So they win the ACC, then they go to the Orange Bowl because of a Notre Dame upset loss, who was the team that beat them earlier in the regular season, mm-hmm. and they win the Orange Bowl. <laughs> they win the national championship as freshman year, and this is like during an era where you remember work done, but you also remember all the awesome players that he played with, too, because this is probably when they Florida State was at its complete, total best. Top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is th- this is their, what would be considered their dynasty era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next, like, seven or so, ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 94, he's finally the starter. Almost averages seven a carry for over a 1,000 yards. That's the thing that I can't kind of get over is his average carry for entire seasons are absolutely insane. So, they would, they would spread it out with guys like Peter Warwick, who mm-hmm. we did an episode on. Mm-hmm. You know, you go three wide, and you're worried about someone athletic like Ward running it. Defense is spread out. The lanes are huge. Yep, and he literally just 
It's not three in a cloud of dust. It's no. eight and laughing in your face. It's eight and going, oh, I'm going to pick up my jock strap right now. <laughs> their only loss that year was to Miami, who played for the national championship in 94. Um, their last game I did want to bring up, uh, regular season game, they refer to it as the choke at doke where uh, Florida blew a 28-point yeah, lead in the fourth that. quarter. Oh, man. Brutal. And then they play again in the Sugar Bowl, where Warwick is named MVP. Mm-hmm. 182 all-purpose yards and a 75-yard touchdown pass to go 10-1-1. First-team All-ACC. You're thinking, man, it's a good thing we didn't have, have him play defensive back. Mm-hmm. Right now. No, seriously, what a ridiculous, like, because I bet he would have been a great defensive back. I don't think, you know, but he literally is one of the best college running backs right now, if not the best. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, 100%. He, and, and to think that he almost didn't get to the shot at it, you know? like To be fair, Florida State was just recruiting, like, at that point, everyone's best, too, yes. you know? Because you might overlook a guy who's shorter and skinnier than all of the five stars you bring in. But, but that was, they literally could recruit, recruit anybody they wanted. They were just like, yeah, you're athletic enough. We'll, <laughs> we'll find a spot for you, bud. <laughs> uh, his junior season, again, seven and a half a carry, 13 rushing touchdowns, uh, almost uh, 1,600 all-purpose yards, uh, Go 9-2, co-ACC champs, but they win the Orange Bowl. He's first yep. all team All-ACC again, but he comes back for one more year yep. to graduate. And he, he said this about his, his mom wanting – that was their goal. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like, totally. Especially when, with him being undersized, he never really thought he was going to be an NFL running back. He was uh-huh. talking about it. He was just like, I want to graduate college. I want to, you know – um, then it became very apparent how unbelievably great he was as a running back. Right. So then it was just like, oh, no, 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 you're going to go to the NFL. But that's what he said he wanted to come back, and he wanted to get his uh, degree in information studies. And so. when you think about it, summertime, he's going back home Taking, to help raise yep. his siblings with his grandmother. Yep. Like, it's not like he's just forgetting about them and staying in the gym, which he's staying in the gym all the time, too, but he's got responsibilities and priorities which shaped him into the human being that he is. That's right. So, 96, they start 11-0. and They're ranked number one, uh, 12, almost 1,200 rush yards, 12 touchdowns. Um, he had 30 catches. for. So that's the other part about his game, which is really good. He, he was a great pass receiver. Oh, yes. Uh, not necessarily you spread him out like wide, but – or in the slot, but just out of the backfield. My God, was he good. Um, first team All-ACC again. Uh, win the ACC. Uh, they go all the way to the national championship game in the Sugar Bowl and play Florida. And unfortunately, they get ass-blasted by the fun and gun in a rematch of a game they won earlier in the season. But he's second team All-American. His number 28's retired by the university. He's a national champion. For his career, he had almost 4,000 rushing yards and averaged almost seven a clip. That's, yeah, it's crazy. Seven a clip? Just that is such an insane statistic where, yeah, bring it up again because he does it again in in the pros. Oh, yeah. It's insane. 49 touchdowns uh, throughout his college career, and he was a sprinter on the track and field team. I saw that. I saw his best. Uh, 100 was 10.3, which is insane. Do you know that if football never worked out, he could have been a bobsledder? That's right. <laughs> he could have. Did you know your dad ran the 110 flat? Well, I run it in 9.9. <laughs> nine. 
like, son of a bitch. <laughs> He's a bookie now. <laughs> He's a bookie now. So NFL is obviously very interested despite, you know, his stature because there were always some questions. He comes in at uh, 176 pounds. Well, he went to the combine. He comes yeah. in at 5'8 and 176 pounds. And he said he was there for like a day and a half. And then he left because every single time after they would do like a drill, somebody would come up and be like, man, if you were only like three inches taller and... 20 pounds like they and he was just like this isn't good for me no it's, it's not a good look you know, you know what he needs to do though because that's the recurring joke in roadhouse where they're like oh man i thought you'd be bigger yep. he should have just roundhoused him in the face <laughs> on his way out. i'm gonna go do the i'm gonna go do the broad jump guess what i ran my 40 and 4-4 <laughs> oh jesus um so in 97 he's actually the first running back taken in the 97 NFL draft. I thought it was interesting. He thought he could have gone in the top five. He knew that Tampa Bay needed a running back, and they, and they actually contacted him. Um, to Tampa Bay's credit, they traded down yeah. twice because they knew nobody else wanted a running back. So like they were And they probably didn't even want him. They probably wanted somebody else. They were literally like, we'll trade down, we'll trade down again. And then it came to it, and they were like, all right, we'll pick him up. So we're just going to get you a lot cheaper yes. because we're bastards, but smart but on building smart. our football team. Yes. Because yes, I'll bring this up in 1996. It was the 14th straight of 10 plus lost seasons for those Buccaneers. For those bucks. They uh, we had talked. We had discussed the if you want to hear some details on that whole era, just listen to our Vinny Testaverde episode. Oh, and yeah. oh, the. The Woodland Critters in Imagination Land. My Christmas Critters. Oh, boy. That oh, was a man. bad era. But they bring him in to be the lightning to Mike Allstott's Thunder, which yeah. is a very good complimentary backfield that and they have there. Right away, just like in college, he steps right in and dominates. And that's the thing that I feel like he's never really had a learning point like even in no. high school like he was a sophomore <laughs> and he dominated you know what i mean so like he definitely is always ready at every level the learning curve's pretty much like this for warwick and yep. then maybe like oh next level okay yep <laughs> like not even a curve Just, not even a curve uh has uh um, over 1400 yards uh all purpose that year seven touchdowns um Named the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, makes the NFC Pro Bowl, and the team goes ten and six. So it Pro is, Bowl are out the gate, and it is guy. looking very, very positive. That's what everybody yeah. was saying. Was just like, oh, this really, our franchise actually drafted something, <laughs> actually did something right. Well, this like, was this was two years after they got um, Sapp and Brooks. And then the year after they got all stot. Okay. So the, it, the last three, two or three seasons, they've been like adding people. And I'm glad you brought up Sap because I watched an interview with Warwick Dunn, and he was talking about. They asked him about the Tampa Bay team because he was like, there was like a lot of personalities on that. And he was just like, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like Warren Sap definitely like. Uh, he hazed me, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and the interviewer's just like, yeah, we always, like, haze rookies. That's always – and he just goes, no, 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 he hazed me for the four years that I was there. Oh, and was just like, that's brutal. He's like that one guy in the fraternity that just thinks it's rush week every, every week. week. Or, or hell week every week, yep. too. Just like, oh, I want you to elephant walk. Bro, it's July. We're not even in school right now. <laughs> Carry my bags. You graduated last year. Get out of here. This is where I live, man. <laughs> so 
98, he leads the team in rushing uh, over 1,000 yards for the first time. Um, only two touchdowns to Allstott's eight. And when we get into Warwick's career stats, I did want to bring up about his time in Tampa Bay. When they get inside the five-yard line, Mike Allstott was the fullback of his day and age and could have probably been a feature back on a number, probably over half the league's team. Yes. I know we talked about on our 96 episode that had the Steelers not acquired Bettis, they would have drafted him at the end of the first round. Mm -hmm. So when you're inside the five-yard line, do you want to give it to the guy who weighs 250 pounds or do you want to give it to the guy that weighs 170? I was going to say, their, their offense was set up so that Dunn really couldn't get – He, I mean, he had to break, you know, 20 yards just to get a touchdown kind of thing. Dunn is, yeah, Dunn is going to get you 1,000 yards, but he's not going to get a lot of touches as far as the ground, uh, but inside the 20s. Inside the 20s. Inside yep. the 20s. This is not his forte, unfortunately. I'm not – I'm sure he could have done it, though. I'm oh, sure yeah, yeah. That's – yeah. Uh, he was second on the team with 44 catches um, for 344 yards, but the Bucks have no quarterback – they're very crappy with Trent Dilfer, and this is the end of that experiment in 98. 99, though, they're fantastic. This is probably his best year in Tampa, at least. Best year in Tampa, he, but best year to win. Yeah, well, the, I was going to say, because he had one year in Atlanta that he really has like some crazy yardage, but yeah, this is... Well, no, this was this was the year that he really uh, this was the year that he struggled. Oh, this is one of the two years that he struggled. Okay, Tampa that where when he has like he it's has, not his fault necessarily because yeah. the offensive line is bad. Um, the team only averages three and a half yards per carry. Yeah, and he has like five hundred on the year or something like that. I saw that where six hundred sixteen rush yards. Yeah, yeah, it, it's such a drop off from every other year. Allstott almost had a thousand though. Which probably drives down your yards per yep. carry <laughs> for sure. If yes, um, they had all, um, they had only seven uh, touchdowns rushing all season. Yeah, all of them. It's I crazy. Think, from so, but on the other hand, you have John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, and that amazing defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they win the AFC Central in uh, the divisional round. They erase a thirteen-point deficit uh, to be Washington to go to the NFC Championship game, and. They play the greatest show on turf, and for the only time all season, they're the only defense who figured them the F out. Oh, yeah. In this game. Poor, uh, poor Warwick, though, unfortunately, had 53 total yards in this game. They lost 11-6. to two, crazy. They only got two fi- When you held the greatest show on turf to 11, you better... You'd think you'd win, right? You'd think in you'd at least get football. a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's brutal, so, especially with being a focal point on that offense. Looking back, and you're just like, "Yeah, we just couldn't, we just couldn't do it." And I think Sean King was there. That was his first year, I think, mm. for them. So that was, I think, he was a rookie too. Um, 2000, though, uh, they win the wild card. He makes a Pro Bowl again. Yep, back um, in the Pro Bowl. Back in the Pro Bowl, uh, nine total touchdowns, almost uh, 1600 all-purpose for him. Um, he had 210 yards for versus, a career high. Versus the Cowboys. Because we all want to have career days against Dallas, right? It's awesome. Chris? I mean, that's just how it goes. Unfortunately, this is a time where Tampa, when it comes to playoff games and weather cold, they had some stat before it was broken where they had never, Tampa had never won a game in temperatures below like 30 degrees or something, like yeah. below freezing. So they go up to the vet in Philly, which is. Not even forgiving when it's nice out. 
You just got people jacked up on riot punch, mm-hmm. yelling things at you. So they lose 21 to 3. Trying to murder Santa. <laughs> this game, he had eight rushes for one yard. Yep, I saw. It's covered in Santa's blood, Chris. Covered in Santa's blood. Just did not. It wasn't his day. It was not his day. Um, 2001. They make the wild card, but this was the season you were talking about. This was the one that, oh boy. Yeah. 2.8 yards a carry. Less than 500 yards. He has 68 catches. The only guy on the team that had more was Keyshawn. Well, I saw. That's actually kind of funny. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. I saw his interview just because I watched a bunch of interviews with him, and he was talking about leaving Tampa Bay, and they were, like, offering him stuff, and he was just like, no, 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 I am 100% not going to resign because you just don't utilize me correctly. And he was talking about it. He was just like, I get your scheme, but I have to go to a different team. I feel somewhere I can do well. Not knowing the guy that they bring in, he'd probably be perfect for that offensive scheme. Yes, but he didn't know that. No, of course he doesn't. That's what's what's kind of shitty, too, with football, where you're just like, if you would have stayed, that actually kind of... Would be good. I mean, it would have worked out, considering especially his pass-catching ability. That would have worked out very well for Warwick. Uh, I saw something else where he was talking about, he was just like, I didn't really block a lot in Tampa, but when I went to Atlanta, they were like, you're the running back, and when you block, you block. And he was just like, so I had to block just the biggest guys. Yeah. And he was just like, whatever the interview was just like, you, you blocked them? He was just like, no, nah, they just <laughs> kind of moved me out of the way. But I'm just saying, like... I I didn't so much block them as get in their way at a hundred percent. Yep. You know, which at a hundred percent, I gave it my all. I gave it a hundred and ten, and I can't blame them. Could you imagine having to pass pro like a Julius Peppers when you're hundred seventy six pounds? A Peppers or a White, a, a Reggie White? That's oh lit- that was literally the two that he referenced. Was it really? Yes. Oh my I'm god! I'm not even kidding. Because Julius was- Peppers was a basketball player. He was huge. He's not of this planet. Oh. oh god so 2002 he signs with atlanta um there is also tj duckett who is a very all-stat type of back where he has some touchdowns stolen from him yep by this guy and another well i mean he's the quarterback but probably the greatest quarterback runner we've ever seen michael vick as well in atlanta and in 2002 they're freaking hot Atlanta. well it's just i felt like the nfl wasn't prepared for just like the ability for everybody to run you know when the fastest player on the field is your quarterback that's it's crazy that's unbelievable especially with work done yeah it's, right it's crazy the speed at that <laughs> so they go nine six and one they win the wild card 927 yards and seven touchdowns 50 catches for 377 yards and two touchdowns and in the nfc wild card they beat the packers mm-hmm. interesting fact about that game i don't know if you saw it was the first home loss in a postseason for the Green Bay Packers ever. I didn't see that. That's they had not lost a postseason game in their franchise history. That's wild. I remember they brought that. I remember watching that game and them bringing that up, and I'm thinking, no, that can't be. Oh my god, it is. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Uh, of course, I. I'm sure. I'm sure he just hates. I'm sure when he listens to Bill Burr's rant, he gets aroused because. Mm-hmm. They go to the divisional round and go to the vet. Yeah, I'm sure he hates Philly. They they kick the crap. This is a game where Brian Dawkins almost tried to kill Michael Vick. They lose twenty to six, 
And then the following week, the Bucks and John Gruden beat them at yeah. Veterans Stadium, yeah. which had to be ooh, rough. Rough. Yeah. Uh, 2003, he's only limited to 11 games with a foot injury. This is the season Vic is out, though. So it's, it's not uh, necessarily it's, smooth sailing. I was just going to say, it's just a bad season for the Falcons where it happens where both your guys are just not in. And then next season, come back. Holy cow, next season Ooh. might be his best. I'll tell you what, the best. next three seasons yeah. is, is him in his prime. And it's weird because he's in his prime when he's like at an age when running back should be breaking de- de- down. Declining, yes. Yeah. Definitely. So 2004, uh, over 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns on the ground, um, 294 uh, pass receiving. Um in the NFC division round, they get a first-round bye. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're that good. They play uh, St. Louis. And in this game, he has two of the biggest plays. This is the game full of big plays, but he's making a, multiple ones. Yes. Uh, 142 rush yards and two touchdowns, one on a 62-yard run. That's yeah. the one that I remember. You yeah. know what I mean? When, you think that when I think of Warwick Dunn, that's the play that I always think of. Oh, totally. Just nobody... <laughs> Just nobody around. Just him. Just gone. Like, the Rams did not play defense at all in this it, era, especially just like the camera angle. You're we just like, where? I, all right, <laughs> he's gone. Good luck with that one. Yeah. Enjoy unemployment, Mike Martz, and then uh, AFC or NFC Championship game. They go back to Philadelphia. I think he's zero and four in yeah. Philadelphia playoff games. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, three in a row too, and then this one. Um, does uh, score a touchdown in the game to cut it to 14 to 10 just before halftime. Unfortunately, the Eagles win 27 to 10. And uh, for Warwick, that he's going to have some good seasons, but the Falcons aren't going to have. I was just going to say this was left. this is when the Falcons become kind of a shitty team, and he kind of still produces, but it, it just happens where they just kind of are in decline. Well, his next season is a pro Pro Bowl season. He's a Pro Bowler. Um, Although they missed the playoffs, they dropped their last three to miss the playoffs. Uh, 1,200 yards rushing and uh, five total touchdowns for them. So that's for an age 30 running back who you're probably paying nothing market value compared after he signs in 2002. Um, 2006, they lose their last three again to miss the playoffs. (laughs) This is an interesting stat. Uh, Dunn led the team in rushing with just over 1,100. He had 1,400 the season before, but he had just over 1,100 this year. Uh, Michael Vick also ran for a thousand yards, two thousand and six. First quarterback to do it. Yep. Um, sadly, missed the postseason again, which sets up two thousand and seven. And you're thinking, oh man, they're gonna get over the hump, and then Michael Vick just isn't there. Yeah, he he pretty much disappears as a player, and then they just lose. They they continue. What did I write down? It was. Byron Leftwich, Joey Harrington, and Chris Redmond. Those are your 2007 Atlanta Falcons quarterbacks. Um, Sounds like a Detroit Lions lineup if I've ever heard it. I think, and I forget, but one of them got injured, so they had to put... He's the emergency. They had to put Warwick as the literal third one. He was just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll do it, but jeez. Can we not get to... Like, I'll do it. Like, There's no question uh, of that, but like, can we not get to this point? Like, I got... Can we not? Can we just plan... For five seconds. Yeah, give me, look, I know Michael left us high and dry, but come on. Come on. I mean, he's, he's in Leavenworth now, but come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, so after 2007, just a disastrous year, even though he leads the team in rushing again, 
on March 3rd, 2008, he is released by the Falcons and decides he wants to go play back in Florida. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, he signs a two-year, $6 million deal with Tampa Bay. Um, I think he only plays one year with them. Mm-hmm. But still has, you know. But he, like we were saying, at this age, running backs are just so beat up, especially his size. That's the thing that's crazy. Well, that year he led the team in rushing and had over 1,100 all-purpose. Yeah. Like, and he was probably going back there to make a postseason run because that year Tampa started 9-3. and three I and saw lost their last, This was the year Gruden lost his job. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy to think. He lost his job for another reason later, but we won't get into that. Someone likes the emails. Yep. Someone likes them. Someone likes them. But work done, though, man. That's he. Then he retires after two thousand. So twelve seasons in the NFL for a guy that size is pretty fantastic. Uh, I saw that he is a minority owner of the Falcons. They they let him buy one percent of it for like nine million dollars. Nice. Um, and they were talking about how much it's worth now. His percent is oh, worth God. like sixty million. Because it went from the franchise being like worth like seven hundred and fifty million to wor- being worth like three billion, so they were just like that investment was so crazy. Owning an NFL team is like a license to print money. Oh, like, it's if you have insane. any stake in it, it's just who's going to lose faith? Um, so his career stat. This is what I wanted to bring up because it's better than a lot of Hall of Famers. Yep, he doesn't have the touchdowns. Do- well, yeah, so. 10,967 rushing yards. 510 catches is a lot more than wide receivers who are in the NFL Hall of Fame. Granted, they're from back in the day, but I just... But it's still... For running backs, excluding maybe like Marshall Falk, Roger Craig, Marcus Allen, this is pretty fucking good. Yes. Um, 4,339 yards and 15 touchdowns. He only had 49 touchdowns rushing and 15 (laughs) touchdowns receiving, which 64 NFL touchdowns is a fantastic career. But if he's at 80-plus, 90-plus, even though he's a compiler, he compiles every year, and he does awesome. It just doesn't equal the yards. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's the thing that you look at it, and you're like, oh, that's a little off. And then he's you know, secretly plotting in his upstairs area against Mike Allstott for some of those touchdowns back. Because he is one of these players that just gets overlooked by the Hall of Fame committee. I, I don't think he'll ever get a, a fair shake at it. Which is really sad because he's not. I can guarantee you if he was like in sports media or was very self-aggrandizing on social media about himself. Yep. He might be in. Might be different. It yeah, might be I different agree. if I he agree. was. That had that, but he doesn't have that personality. I've, I, like I said, I've literally looked up interviews with him. I found one podcast that he was on, <laughs> and then a little bits of interviews. So, like he he is not in the public eye. He has a really huge charity. Let's that's, talk about this because this is fantastic. Yep. Let's get into it. Go ahead. No, what's the name of the charity? Oh, uh, Homes for the Holidays. Homes for the Holidays. They've built. I think that when I saw it, they built over two hundred and fifty homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, so, and this was the thing that got, because there's these sports spiderwebs that break off, and it is so awesome when you hear a story like this. So, obviously, it's a charity that builds homes for um, people that are in low-income situations and stuff like that. And, like, through Habitat for Humanity and, and then his other charity yep. work done charities helps furnish 
the homes. Yep. But there's he was explaining it like there's all sorts of steps, like you have to get your credit in line, you have to be employed for a certain amount of time. So it's not like they're just giving this stuff away, but no, no, they're helping people yes. who need the help but will do something with it. Yes. So, yeah, good. the spider web, though, this is great. Oh, geez. Worked um, on charities, yeah. I was trying to see what year was it. Did you see that? Because... Um, that I did not see the year. Oh, I did. It's uh, 2006. Okay. So they were building homes, and you, you, you'd say it, because I forget exactly. So they're building a home for a woman um, who had oral cancer and That's... struggling with working, and her son. And who is her son, Chris? I forget. <laughs> who is he? He goes to massage parlors, I heard. Well, give it to me, man. <laughs> it's Deshaun Watson, everybody. Eisman Trophy winner. Houston former human Houston Texans well, quarterback. It's 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 interesting to have a such a feel good story with somebody who has so much drama with him. Yeah, and I mean Did whatever. He won the Heisman. I don't know if he won the Heisman, but he's a hell of a quarterback. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I have don't to look remember. that up. But I'm yeah, he has straight. so much drama. His mom obviously needed this home. He was one of the two hundred and fifty or three hundred that they built. He, oh God, it's so crazy. It's, it's just like, wow, that's some good fortune right there. Well, it's, it's weird to think like what his life would be like if it didn't. You know what I mean? Because it, I wonder if he then went to like a better school or like they were in a better school district or like, you know what I yeah. mean? There's oh, like totally. shit like that that changes people's lives. You know, that's why he got into massages because he's <laughs> in a better area. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So why not? I mean, know. why not? Um, he's also uh, won the 2005 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award um, for his work uh, in the Gulf on Hurricane Katrina. He uh, asked, uh, basically asked all non-Saints players to donate $5,000 to, you know, to Katrina rebuild, aid. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, over $5 million was raised, mm-hmm. which is like, damn, bro, it's not just houses. You're doing like... Well, I saw the an interview that... Cause a lot of people want to buy into NFL franchises, mm-hmm. and the owner of the, uh, the Falcons were, was literally like, yeah, he displays everything off the field that we're looking for for, like, a part owner or whatever, a yeah. minority share owner. And you look through all the stuff that he does, and you're just like, oh, yeah, all he does is charity work in his off, in his off time. You're just like, yep. He's good for any representation of any job. No, essentially, like yes. that's just who he is. Um, he's been also a huge advocate for depression and uh, mental health too. Because obviously, a, a ton of ex NFL players are dealing with this. And so he dealt with it. I mean, obviously more so from personal tragedy, mm-hmm. but also a career in the NFL yep. where you know he. Just very open and, you know, for people to get help. And just an overall, we don't have, a, we have some guys on this podcast who are really solid. This might be the best one we've had, though. Was, yes, definitely. And like we were saying, he's literally overlooked as a Hall of Famer, and he should be in the conversation. He's at least a Hall of Fame person, Chris. That's what I'm talking I about. I mean, he's at least that. So, work done. 